0: Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast. <laughs> you may have noticed that something is different about the flagship podcast of the Verge.mobi today. We've been raided by pirates. <laughs> Uh, No, we're here, I'm very excited to say we're here in front of a live audience in San Francisco. It's the day after the iPhone event. Give yourselves a hand.
1: And because it's the day after the iPhone event, we're going to talk
0: about Windows Phone? Yeah, only Windows Phone. 90 minutes of pure Windows excitement. Uh, No, but these people, if you're listening in your car, just know that will be interrupted by the shouts of drunkards for the next <laughs> hour to 90 minutes. But it's great, they, I
2: like, they are.
0: <laughs> I think
2: everybody's drinking responsibly that I've seen so far. Is I there like a, a
3: keyword that we have that every time we
0: say they have to? I guess we're gonna all figure it out together, Lauren. It's, it's iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not everybody. right. I anyway, it. I'm Neil Patel on the Energy of the Verge. Dieter Bone is here. Hello, hello. Paul Miller is here. Hello. And Lauren Good is joining us today. How are you doing, Lauren?
3: Good. How are you guys?
0: Uh, So we should just get into it. I need to say some things that I've forgotten. Here are the things I need to say. One, uh, we are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. We are the best podcast in that network, in case Mm. you were confused about that situation. Weeds fan out there. Yeah, the Weeds is great. They're like a tank. We're a flagship. It's a very different situation. (laughs) Uh, Just barreling over the landscape of policy. Good job, Ezra. Uh, but we sail through the water, the greatest of ease. Second, I want to just say thank you. Uh, T-Mobile is present, helping us present this live event today, so thank you to them. But that's enough business. Let's get on the business. Mm. mm. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> uh, yesterday was the iPhone event. We were there. Uh, Dieter, Lauren, and I were there. Our talented video director, Phil Esposito, was with us. Uh, and there's lots of iPhone news. There's an iPhone 10. There's an iPhone 8. It's not an iPhone 9. Nope. <laughs> Troublesome.
2: No SE uh, There's a
0: watch, There's was Apple TV. But honestly, like, the biggest thing, literally, physically the biggest thing that happened was that we went to Apple Park for the first time. We were in the Steve Jobs Theater. And it was, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. It was also very strange. Lauren, I think you at one point described it to me as post-apocalyptic.
3: Yeah, I had the distinct feeling that um, if anything were to really go down, you know, sometime soon, as you sometimes read about on Twitter, uh, these days, that we would have survived if it happened yesterday because we were in what felt like this, I don't know, hyper realistic post or surrealistic is that a word? Surreal?
0: Hyper surreal. Hyper
3: surreal oh, postmodern not, bunker designed by Johnny Ive but dreamt up by Steve Jobs years ago.
0: You yeah. know who got, who's getting like the shaft and all that is Norman Foster, the very that's famous true. architect who designed the building. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Ive's like, Norm, you're good. Just sit, take a seat, buddy. I'm, Wait, just circle. I've
2: got just, it. Just to be clear, I, I, I was not there. Yeah. And it's a circle that's above ground. Yeah. And then you go into that circle, and then you descend yeah, into, you go into the Yeah, into the lair. Yeah.
3: Well, that's just the Steve Jobs Theater. Right. So the part where employees are going to be, or I guess have started to populate, is the big circle that you've all seen drone footage yeah. of. Yeah, spaceship. Of like and a, the spaceship. Seeing right.
1: it from a distance, there's only one way to describe the Apple, the actual Apple Park, you know, spaceship. It looms. Yeah, it, it just looms. it just
0: looms.
3: It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. Then the looms. Steve Jobs. <laughs> What was that?
0: Nothing. That's no, no, our first live event, everybody. That's word,
3: everybody. <laughs> How many times can we say looms? Uh, no, but the Steve Jobs Theater is the glass structure that has no apparent beams. So it's just this glass circle that's somehow holding up a ceiling. I guess they're load-bearing glass panels. It's It's just remarkably beautiful. And then yes, there's a staircase that kind of goes below and then you go into the Steve Jobs Theater and that's where we were.
0: Yeah, and that first room that you walk into, we took a bunch of photos, there's photos everywhere, but it's eerie because they've aligned all of the buildings to look perfect in like the morning sunlight. So everyone like looks happy and beautiful and then it's a totally bare concrete floor and there's just Apple employees in white shirts smiling at you. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, we're going to die here. (laughs) There's no chance that we're not, because it's too nice here. Everything's too nice. Uh, And then you go down, and then you're in the theater. Mm -hmm. And behind you, what you don't understand is that the middle of the circle is hidden from you. And while you're sitting there and Tim Cook is, like, distracting you, the middle of the circle is (laughs) opening to reveal the hands-on area where you saw all of our videos. And that just, like, quietly... I mean, it very much is like a cult. Yeah. It's like a... The whole campus is like a really super nice college. Um, I think Jobs like modeled it after Stanford. He like loved Stanford, so he basically tore up a parking lot and then built hills in it, which is very Apple. We got someone today told us all of the concrete they dug up was recycled into the building, so we're very proud of that. So it felt like we had arrived at college for the first day. I took iPhone one hundred and one. Yep. Um, How's the Wi-Fi? Oh my God, the Wi-Fi! Yeah, very so different opinion. I had zero problems
1: with the Wi Fi. I had which all the problems. Has never happened to me at a tech event before. I
0: think it's because you have a newer Mac than I do. Yeah, it's
1: because you were <laughs> using
0: your Mac Pro from like 2000. No, it's because they did. I was
3: using a MacBook Pro from 2012 and it worked fine. Mm.
0: I, I, my theory is that they had detected my useful USB ports, mm. <laughs> SD card reader, and workable processor and just shut me the fuck down. <laughs> my, my
1: favorite detail about the, the the Steve Jobs theater and the whole area is underground and Every door is actually like 14 inches thick at minimum. Mm-hmm. It is ready for an apocalypse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might cause one.
3: There are little things too, like not to get too TMI, but like the doors to the bathrooms are really nice. You're like, oh, somebody thought about the bathroom doors. It was Johnny
0: Ive. It was. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it was Norman Foster. Yeah.
0: Norman Foster was and like. And you go to like, like
3: authenticate, bathrooms. and the keypads and walls, you know, like normal office buildings are like these terrible, ugly things that stick out from the, the door frame. And these are just like fl- these beautiful white pads flush with the wall.
0: Yeah. Like where is the key? It's somewhat unfortunate that the movie *The Circle* came out. Yeah. Right before we went to a circle, <laughs> that looked like we were going to die. But it was very beautiful. Um. And I, like one of the most stunning things that you can go see. You can actually go there. There's a visitor center that is a store. Yeah. So go there and like you can. Wow. It's a town hall. Yeah. A town square. A square. It's a town square. You can have a civics situation there if you want. But anyway, so we are there. I, it's worth talking about because it, it was just so amazing to be there. We're going to go there a lot, and it's going to get less amazing over time, but this time it was amazing. But then they announced a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. It was all leaked. You could read about it in the first time. <laughs> but they actually announced the stuff. It was great. Where should we start? iPhone 10. Is it? Yeah.
3: What do you guys think?
0: They're not. It's like some medium. What about Atmos support on the Dolby TV? <laughs> Yeah, see, they all, what they came here for, and I just want to point this out. The Verge has created a community where 200 people paid tickets to hear about surround sound formats. Uh, if you're in the After crowd, that, I
3: headphone mean, jacks.
0: Let's just, do, let's just do, let's start, with, let's start
1: with the Apple TV, get it out of the way, and then we'll go to iPhone 10, a.k.a. iPhone X. I just want the crowd, if you understand the following joke... I want you to yell and, and cheer. They're
0: going to yell anyway.
1: There are four lights. No. These guys aren't. You, you keep quiet,
0: Joey. They're not. They're not was they're I not supposed Star to yell? Trek Next
1: Generation fans. It really disappoints me.
0: Yeah. OK. So Apple TV was like, it was the first up. Here's, I think, the most important thing to know about the Apple TV. OK. It was when they were done with the event and they're like, go play with all the stuff. There was no Apple TV there. <laughs> it, like, literally, they were like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, because the only update to it is the resolution update.
1: Oh, no, no, no. The remote is <laughs> <laughs> They put a ring around one of the buttons so that you could maybe know which way it
0: was pointing when you picked it up. Yeah. They didn't mention it. Yeah. Like they During the keynote or the thing, yeah. we had to ask them later. And they're like, yeah, we um, added a ridge of plastic. <laughs> it's great. It's the biggest upgrade to the Apple TV in years, everybody. Uh, no, literally, the one thing they added was 4K HDR. And they came out and they did all the stuff. Yeah. Um, and they, the was it the founder or CEO of Dolby was there? CEO
3: of Dolby was there. CEO
0: of Dolby was there, and I think you all know this, I'm very excited about the idea of having both Dolby Vision, which is better than HDR10, and Dolby Atmos, which is like, object-based surround sound happening in my life. It's the thing I want.
2: I don't wanna go to the movie theater. You want all the lights to light up on your receiver. All of the lights. So did you get all the lights? No, I did not. (laughs) Well, what
0: In fact, they were so confused about the lights that I assumed (laughs) when I was talking to them afterwards I was like, this is great. It's a thing. And, like, you're going to... They also announced that all of your iTunes purchases that you did in HD will be automatically upgraded to 4K. Which, which is great. Which is great. It's that was deal.
2: That was great. Big. Uh,
0: they're going to be cheaper than, like, Voodoo and Amazon and all the other people. All that's great. Well, like, the... This is a huge win. I'm going to get all the lights. I'm going to save some money. <laughs> get all these free upgrades. I'm going to watch movies for days. You excited to spend $180 on it? And then in, I was talking to them later, <laughs> and I, I was so excited that I just assumed... That all the lights would light up. And I was like, how is the Atmos thing going? And they're like, yeah. It's... And then like, later on, they're like, we forgot to tell you something. This is a true story. Like, later on, I got a note. And i like, <laughs> it, it, The email had an emoji, an, an emoji. Thank <laughs> you, tucking his hair behind his ear sheepishly. And they're like, yeah, we're just not doing it. And I was like, why? And they're like, we have nothing to say this time.
1: Yeah. They, they couldn't get the extra, the fourth light, because they don't actually employ any Romulan torture. <laughs> you are gonna make
0: this joke happen. Just happening. It's, you're listening to this they, podcast in your car. Pull which over and watch all and episode. Of the
2: next should I watch to be able to get this joke? Which <laughs> that I don't know. Which of the Star Treks <laughs> is it?
1: I don't know. Somebody, 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 Google it for us, real quick.
2: We're sitting anything in front anything. of computers. Yeah. Well. <laughs> right. uh, speaking of computers, there's a mysterious. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> mysterious MacBook Air. It's been here all day. I think it's fine. It's fine. It's not bothering. No way. This isn't a surprise.
0: It's it's not a reveal. It doesn't have an iPhone in it. It's literally just someone's computer.
3: I think it's one of Walt Mossberg's because he has like. Is there anything else to say about the Apple TV?
0: Uh, Well, there's so there's the one thing I will say about it. Okay. It's very expensive, right? It's like it's really actually quite expensive, and I think that their intention for it is that all the people who have four K TVs who have just held on to their Apple TVs because. They have bought a lot of movies and iTunes already. We'll get the upgrade and they'll be like so happy that their TV is 4K now because they haven't bought a Roku in the meantime. I think that is very hopeful of them. And I think the enthusiast community that would have otherwise bought it is already disappointed. Yeah. I don't understand why you're putting, it's basically a home theater PC, right? It's more powerful than a Mac Mini. It has an A10 in it. The Mac Mini has like a steam engine. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like you, right? Like there's a world in which that thing is actually a computer, and they, you run apps on it. And do all, so they're and we're going to talk about the iPhone eight too. They have entered a weird middle of the market, where the bottom of the market is going to buy something very cheap that's useful and good, and the top of the market is going to say this isn't the thing I want, or they're going to buy something else that does more. So I don't know. We're going to get one. We're going to review it. Yeah. See what lights I can get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> there's The potential that you do a software update and that Get more lights. This is really emotional. Download,
2: download the lights.
0: You buy the thing It has all the lights in the front. You just want. To, you under. You people understand, right? You, un, you yeah. one guy understands. <laughs> That's great. Okay, let's talk about phones. We've done enough yeah. on the TVs. Go ahead. So there's eight and there's a ten. Your thing. I had my thing. <laughs> okay. My sad uh, thing.
1: Okay. So the thing that I will say that is not popular is there's only two things different between the eight and the ten, and the eight is not getting enough respect. I think the 8 is an iPhone 10 for all intents and purposes, except for the screen and the crazy selfie face unlock. Screen and the front stuff. camera. Yeah, but same processor, back camera's just as good. The screen isn't, like, as amazing, but, like, it's an iPhone screen. It looks fine. Um, you know, you, you've got... So, wait, you mean the Plus? Well, the Plus, yeah, the Plus, which it's a big dopey surfboard of a phone.
2: Does the Plus, ha- the Plus doesn't have optical image stabilization for both cameras. It does. I think it does.
1: No. No. It's not. It- Look at this. Just the one. Just the one.
0: <laughs> Whatever.
3: Uh, but it does have wireless charging, right? It have wireless
1: charging.
0: Everyone angrily
1: Google. Oh, what are we doing? It's Just angrily I Trust Google. our audience.
0: You know, the problem with being at the event when you live blog and take photos and do the things? Oh, yeah. You actually have no idea what happened. No,
3: information just goes into your brain and then goes out. And
0: then turns into live blogs. And
3: then we have to go back and read our own live blogs later.
0: I watch all the events in 3x speed afterwards, which is very entertaining. (laughs) I recommend it to everyone. No, I I think we can can get the eight, like, the basic
1: specs of it out of the way. You, You all know it. It's got the bionic
3: (laughs) it's the bionic sensor which apple started naming their chips Uh, i'm very angry the processor is called
0: a11 bionic wait tell them the reason the reason's amazing yeah
3: so i mean every year there's an incremental process i shouldn't say incremental there's a significant processor upgrade and it's it's numeric it's you know the a9 or the a10 or whatever it might be and then the ipad it's the x right but people weren't making as big of a deal of that as Apple wanted, so they started giving it a name, like Fusion or Bionic. And now we're all talking about it and saying, it's got a Bionic sensor! Yeah. Because the numbers just weren't doing it.
1: Right, but like, Fusion you get, it's taking two different things and fusing them together and you get both, it's great. But what were the two different things? Things that are different. Okay, the two of them. Checking um, the, the the big and the small. Yeah, yeah. Um, big and the small. The bionic either means an uh, uh, electronic thing that is inspired by a biological thing, the original definition, or it means bionic man, a biological thing that is infused with technology.
2: It, it's a chip for running machine learning algorithms. So it's it's
1: it's, it's therefore informed by the structure of our brain. Well, neural networks are once again they basically inspired Paul, Jeff Hawkins' idea. By the way,
2: <laughs> we should Jeff invent. Hawkins. Jeff Hawkins did not invent neural networks. No, he didn't. just wrote a really good book that yeah. I highly recommend about yeah. how, how our, our brains work.
1: Palm, by the way, if you're not aware, Youngins. Wow, Youngins. I'm pushing the fact that you're old today. It's super old today. I'll right, um, okay. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so but uh, 12 megapixel camera. The optical image stabilization on just the one
0: yeah I mean, you're right um, everyone's right about the one camera um, I should buy an iphone X. I x stereo hope you have a
1: speakers knowledge. sound very good mm-hmm. um uh, the one, it's like on the earpiece and on the bottom thing it's i think a little bit overdue that we got that on an iphone but it, it's great i'm happy to have it um and it it feels better than you expect like i was expecting to walk and be like oh it's just another iphone 7 which is just another iphone 6 uh, but it does feel significantly better. They did a better job with the glass back on the iPhone eight than I than most other companies do. I, it's like Galaxy S eight quality in terms of its
2: How, overall build. I read that when you guys wrote that up for theverge.com. dot How can you tell that glass is better by just touching it?
0: Like, what you, do you... you you
2: touch it? Yeah, I dropped it.
0: That's threw <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, on the ground in a fit of panic. Yeah. Um, no, I mean like. The, so the galaxy has the weird curve, and it comes to that edge because mm-hmm. the, the front screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the
1: S Seven had like the rail that like stuck out, and then the S Eight it like
2: flowed in a little bit better. Yeah, but these it are features. features. You're talking about the flat surface. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So like, as
1: a physical object, just strictly as a physical object, yo, it's an iPhone. It's like got giant bezels, um, but it's like it's a very nicely made iPhone. Um, it's also
0: the one most people are gonna get, I think. Well, that is a big question.
3: So your argument is that y- there's really no need to get that excited about the, I want to say X all the time, mm-hmm. about the 10, because the iPhone is just as good minus the display. I'm saying it's basically minus the display. You,
1: I'm, say- I'm not saying that it's just as good, but I'm saying that if you go out and get an eight or an eight plus, you shouldn't feel bereft. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I didn't get the good one. Everybody else is better than me. You should feel like you got an amazing yeah, Until you get your first iPhone. an emoji. Yeah. like, I suck.
0: <laughs> I'm the lamest kid at this private school. <laughs> That's your life now. You had $700, but not $1,000. That's who you are. You bought the V6 Mustang. That was me. That was my high school experience.
2: Uh, Wait, can you explain that one for me? You
0: had a nice car in high school. It's a Mustang Mustang without an edge-to-edge screen. That's what that is. Wait, Paul, you actually wrote a... Wait. wait. I want to stop doing this iPhone analysis. Let's talk about the 10 and what it is and what it looks like. Lauren, you held it in your hand. You played with it. I
3: did. It's beautiful. I was surprised by that. I am not the first person to upgrade to the newest phones. I mean, or, like, or just in general, for a gadget reviewer, I tend to take my time. I am carrying the 6S right now. Headphone I, I jack. With a headphone Call. jack.
0: <laughs> R.I.P. My, my people love analog audio. <laughs>
3: And I live blogged yesterday on a late 2012 MacBook Pro, so keys are missing. It's amazing. Um, so, like, I, you know, I, I'm just I'm not the, like the fastest person to upgrade. And I thought, well, I'm not. Whatever this iPhone 10 is, if it's thousand dollars, I am a real human being, and I immediately am going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably just go for whatever one is next. Beyond that, I saw it and I thought that's a really beautiful phone. Yeah. I thought the display was absolutely beautiful. I thought it was designed really nicely. Um, they're like. I mean, like, the the elongated camera on the back is, like, a little jarring at first, but there's, of course, a design reason for that. Um, the stuff that it appears to be able to do, which is very limited in the hands-on area, is, like, impressive. So I'm still not, like, rush out and buy this thing, but I don't know, just... it. It's a really nice-looking phone. And, and, like, I've brought this up a lot in the past few days, and we've written about this. We did this in our Instagram Live, which you guys probably saw. Not that I expect anyone here followed our Instagram Live. You all did. But, (laughs) like... Apple is doing everything after everybody else. They, they're doing an edge-to-edge OLED display. They're doing biometric uh, unlocking. They're doing wireless charging. They're doing like, all this stuff after everybody else. But they just have such control over the full stack of everything that there are little things that they can do to make it better. And we're not going to know if it actually is better until we use the phone, but there's like a good chance that there are certain things that are definitely better. I
0: mean, just in the... Little bit of time I got to play with Face ID. It is miles better than any Samsung implementation of that. And that, you you know, to set it up. Oh, you set it up. I set it up. I think it set
1: up. It it worked. I I set it up, and I would say that it failed on me a couple of times out of like the 10 times I tried it. But the times that it worked, it super worked. And I think it failing was me like not knowing the precise angle to like pointed at
3: me. I think it failing was probably your hair was not quite as high as Federigi's, yeah, and so probably, it just... Probably
1: true. Yeah, um, you just needed to adjust. It's, it's it, it definitely feels more accurate than Samsung's face unlock, and is thousand percent more convenient than Samsung's iris scanning. Um, so I think that in general, at least for just basic unlocking and using your phone, it's maybe going to be like a half step back in terms of convenience from Touch ID but that'll iterate over time, and you're not like, gonna suffer if you get this and don't have Touch ID. It's like, or next
0: it's year, enough. they're gonna figure out how to put the fingerprint sensor into the screen. Right. Mm. right? I mean, that's like the big rumor. But, so the way it works, in case none of you are... <laughs> I, <laughs> like, right. I, I could pull anyone up from the audience, and be like, tell me how Face ID works. <laughs> uh, but the, for, if you're listening in the car, and this is how you catch one of these, so it has a, an array of sensors, they call true depth at the top of the phone in the notch, The notch is very controversial, but in that notch is all the sensors. There is an infrared camera, a flood illuminator, a proximity sensor,
1: an ambient light sensor, a speaker, a microphone, a front camera, and a dot projector.
0: So here's the thing about the dot projector. It's almost like a tiny Kinect, right? Yeah, it's a little tiny Xbox (laughs) (laughs) Kinect. You can, and you can have it pause movies whenever you want.
3: But, oh, we need to, do, the we difference need to have do a <laughs> DIY with a Kinect. Wait, so here's the mind. thing about so
1: this. is is a connect is people will use this. Will they? Oh, um, yeah. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> how, many people saw, how many people here have a Connect under their TV right now? It's, it, I can't see you, so it's just me from what i <laughs> uh, Okay, yes, one yes. Okay. Uh, here's the thing about this, and I will tell you my family about this, and we'll share our shame together. Uh, the dot projector, if you watch our hands-on video, uh, I didn't see this, but our camera picked it up, it's constantly blinking at you, because it's projecting IR dots on your face. It's a fucking IR blaster <laughs> on the front of this phone, which makes me think that someone is gonna like jailbreak the phone and turn it into a remote for the TV. Yes. <laughs> And that's what I want. That's like all I want out of this is like all of that design, all of that engineering, and you can be like, I turn the volume up, which is bad. Right <laughs> uh, but so it works. It's like, so a, it's it like a Google tango module for your face. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. So Dieter had it work on his face. I, when we rushed to do our video, I was not able to set it up because there's so many people behind me. So I just had the, this poor gentleman from Apple, whose like job it is to help walk you through the demos. And It was set up for his face, and I. This poor guy's in our video. I kept pointing at his face, which is hilarious in this context, not so hilarious in the context of like the cops. Yeah, right? And like, You can't reset your face if it's your password. Um, it doesn't work if your eyes are closed, so if you get pulled over, you just have to shut your eyes <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, huh? Well, yeah, okay, yes, you're a pirate, Just great. Wink. That's a approach for you is to have an emergency security eye patch at all times. Uh, but it's also supposed to recognize as you age, mm-hmm. if you grow your hair long, if you wear a hat, if makeup. you wear glasses, makeup, mm-hmm. um, unclear if sunglasses will trigger it or not. Yeah. So there's all these, this set of questions that I think remain unanswered about it. And you know, Apple tried to address some of them in the presentation. I'm sure they're gonna address more of them over time. But you know, they had the wall of like, uh, Arya Stark masks showed. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've, we've made all these faces. It didn't trick them, um, but, but
3: then they the were a The like... for the movie Face-Off.
0: like-, like <laughs> <laughs> cause Nic- cause Nic- Cage was down. there yesterday. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, and um, then
3: all of a sudden it was John Travolta. So we were like- <laughs>
0: But, you know, they also are like, if you have a twin, you should probably just use your passcode. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a really weird thing for the richest and most powerful company in technology to say, like, we've solved every problem except twins. (laughs) That doesn't happen. No one has those. Uh, So I think there's, like, this whole set of questions about what it means for literally the most public part of you to be your password, because you can't constantly hide your face. You can't keep it a secret. You can't. I don't know, write it down on a piece of paper and like tuck it away. And that, that's not great. Like I think all of us understand it's not a good solution, like having a password. But to go from something that you can obviously keep a secret to something that can never truly be a secret, I think is like very difficult. And that to me is a whole set of questions about face ID. Like can they navigate all those turns?
2: I mean,
0: yeah. I mean like great, you can click so yes, people are yelling five clicks. Two people. Two nerds who have drugs with them right now are yelling. at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you click the side button five times, and you get your, and you, it, it turns off Face ID, and you have to enter the passcode. That's cool and that's smart. But can you explain to me why is it we're off script now?
2: So so fundamentally more easy to take a picture of a face than get your hands. I guess because you have to touch me to get my fingerprint.
3: That's what I was wondering. Like at the in the point of sale situation right now, we're all well, a lot of us are used to just going like this, and then your thumb is already there. Mm. Now you're gonna be like, if you have a $1,000 iPhone, you're line at Whole Foods like all the other $1,000 iPhone people. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon's lowering prices. Hold on, hold those avocados. Hold my beer. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll take my kombucha now. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's you're right. Like, is it that much easier than just going like this? Yeah,
1: what they what they what Apple will tell you, when you're like, do you really have to like hold your face over the point of sale terminal? They're like, no, no, just like double click the home the home the side button. No, it's not called the sleep wake button. It's called the side button now.
0: Yeah. A whole launches Bixby.
1: Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Double click that. That turns on the face unlock thing. That turns Um, on Apple Pay. Then you authenticate it. Then you tap the terminal, which is a very different uh, sort of quick and easy workflow from just doing before.
2: I can barely pay with my thumb already. (laughs) No, the, the 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 security stuff
0: where you click it five times and you, I I get it, but what I'm saying is, if you can actually beat it, the information that is required for you to, to input into the mechanism that beats it is the most public information about you that is commonly available. So they have to make sure you can't beat it. And like the cop's showing up and you click it five times and like and I throw it in the air and run away, like great. <laughs> We've all been there together as a family. <laughs> I don't know, I travel through the TSA a lot with a bag full of wires, so like I have a weird. <laughs> um, but it's just on my way here, I got stopped. Because um, I I mean, honestly, I was carrying, like, 15 lithium-ion batteries. Like, I would have seen <laughs> um, But if you can beat it, and, you know, there's, like, Dieter yesterday was talking about, it has new vectors. So Touch ID only ever talked to the authentication chip in the phone. Yeah. It never talked to anything else. But the front camera and all that tracking talks to emoji, Right? So, like, it's... You can get that data in other ways, like the Snapchat filters we demoed are obviously mapping your face. So there are other ways to collect the data, and then potentially, I'm I'm sure immediately people are going to try to beat it.
1: Yeah, but I actually talked to our security reporter Russell Brandham about this a little bit. Presumably, those apps that use the you know the data that you can get from that to make crazy face filters is it's just working through an API, and that stuff isn't lossy. But like the fear is you. Somebody makes a random app. What was the, the app that did the face filters that turned out to have a bunch of spyware in it? Oh, um, Me Too. Me Too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that app is like makes cute face filters, but what it's actually doing is secretly recording all your face data so they mm-hmm. can build a mask to get you. Um, it's probably like through the standard APIs, like they're not getting enough data to do that. We don't know.
0: I love the idea of a, a, a person with both the capability of launching that app yeah. and making really high-res masks. Right? <laughs> right, like there's a mask maker out there who's like, I gotta fucking learn to code. <laughs> 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 like, this is my future. Uh, so Paul, you wrote, I, wa- I wanna make sure I talk about the watch. i um, are gonna talk about how you think this
1: is the best OLED screen ever made by human hands?
0: I also wanna talk about the notch. There's like two oh, things gosh. to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. It's a long uh, so co- wait, wait, let's wait. do this, let's do the notch first. And then I-, I wanna ask Paul, cause you wrote a piece today about why you wanna buy the eight over the 10. but mm-hmm. So we, the Notch, I don't know if you guys are, have been following like the deep Apple nerd community that I'm forced to follow. Um, I find it a pleasure. <laughs> there, are there. But so there is like deep, meaningful, like controversy about the existence of the Notch, what it means for developers. I think a thing that is really interesting to me is the screen is 5.8 inches. Like Dieter said, I think it is Easily the best OLED screen I've ever seen. I've never really liked them. I think they're way oversaturated. I think most of them have weird pixel matrix issues. This one looks. He's, he wants
1: to say pentile, but he knows that that time has passed, so he's not bringing it up. Over.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah. like Blackberry. It's fucking dead. <laughs> um, sorry, the one, the one Blackberry person hissed at me. <laughs> that was weird. But no, you're good. You're, you're great. Thumbs up. T- 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 TCL's going to take care of you. No, so like, it looks beautiful. But the notch it's five point inches, but the notch and then the rounded corners. The rounded corners, I think, are the big And then the the home area at the bottom that you have to protect. All of that means that the usable screen area is more like the iPhone six, seven, eight design than the plus design.
2: I heard a really good analogy for this. Do you remember like old cameras would have kind of a safe area, like it, it show the corners of what's like, this will definitely show up on every CRT TV. Yeah. That is what developers have now because there are rounded corners and a bunch of the screen is being wasted. Also, Apple through the WebKit team asked the CSS committee to add safe areas to the CSS spec back in August. Wow. And then like, so on the GitHub comments, there's like a comment like from yesterday. I was like, oh, so that's, so that's why Apple did that. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to figure out how do you add this to CSS. So that like, uh, uh, because if you look at look, look at your computer the next time, is there anything in the corners? Yeah. There's lots of things in the corners. A lot of times the close buttons are in the corners. There's things that we put in the corners of our user interfaces all the time. And now you have to be cognizant as a developer, both for the web and for apps. Um, and there'll be some ways that it'll automatically kind of dodge them out of the corners. But like, if you want to use the whole screen, you have to figure out how to not use corners because they're curved. The other thing about
1: the safe area thing is that in order to get the, you know, the home bar that indicates that you swipe out to go home to work, it needs to cut that off from the safe area. And when you, when you turn the phone in landscape, the home button moves to the bottom of the landscape. You swipe up in landscape to go home, mm-hmm. which is cool. cool. But also bonkers.
2: By the way, I own swipe to go home.com now. <laughs> uh, but of, oh God.
1: Because you finally a monetization that bar, strategy. Usable area for developers when you're in landscape mode is shorter than you get on an iPhone six seven eight. Yeah. It actually has less usable vertical right. space in landscape mode than like a regular iPhone.
0: Also if your app is not coded correctly and you turn it into landscape and you scroll the scroll bar disappears behind the notch.
1: Yeah,
2: And it shows
0: up again. Hello. It's
2: really exciting.
0: I think all of this doesn't matter, because one, I don't use any app except for video apps. I Go90. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Oh, god. <laughs> anyway, this show is presented by T-Mobile. And Go90 is a terrible joke, so it all works out. <laughs> um, uh, so like video apps, you turn your phone. Videos are pillar boxed, so you don't actually see it. On the 10, they're pillar boxed? Yeah. You can double tap to get
1: the full zoom in and have it notch cut out. but. By default, they're boxed.
0: So Apple just didn't show that yesterday. So I think everyone's assuming that videos are going to be cut off by the notch. But I think more importantly, this phone is designed to be held in portrait. Yeah. Which is actually the more natural way to hold a phone. And I think in portrait, the bottom is an issue, but the top is just not
3: the bottom's well, an issue in terms of the content getting cut off. Yeah, the
0: corners and the that's bottom like of the screen.
3: Kind of the dead space you're talking about that's where you're going to be doing the swiping up anyway, right? Like yeah. even when you're holding the phone, like your fingers are going to be sort of curling around it.
1: So here's my my big question. Like I'm everybody's all freaked out. I'm fine with it cuz I've used a bunch of Android phones and they all have crazy UIs and like things will be different it's cool. No. It's fine. No. It's cool this has fine. been
0: Dieter's jam for like two days. Yeah. He's like, Android's a mess, and everyone's alive. Yeah. It's. <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> it's fine. And like, swipe up to go home. Love
1: that. That's some WebOS shit right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving control center to the upper right. Swipe down to get your system controls. Love that. That's some WebOS shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get around your people. There's notifications on the other side. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Although notifications on iOS are still
2: a hot mess. Every app is a website. Yeah. <laughs> the phone. Y'all are just mean.
0: We're only available on
2: Sprint.
4: The phone is double tall. It's a super
1: tall phone. And they because there's no home button to slightly tap with your finger twice, there's no more reachability to move half the screen down.
2: Mm. And
1: I think that kind of sucks. Also, People use, use reachability? I time. Time.
2: use it all the time. Use it all the time. Really? Also, iOS 11 use has killed the 3D touch from the side for switching apps. The 3D touch
3: does still Exist new phone, but our understanding, and we don't we don't have like the deep dive into this yet. But our understanding is because the display is different. It's OLED, of course. The display stack is different, and so the usual mechanism that was created to make 3D touch work on the existing models, Mm. they had to like do a bunch of new stuff too. I just like kissed the microphone. I was so excited about this. do a bunch of different stuff too in order to fit the 3d mechanism into the display stack and we don't know exactly like where that is yet no. it's different they had to redesign 3d touch for yeah. for the 10 and
2: that might be why they de- are de-emphasizing in the software because they're not oh, it's there we used to yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's
3: there it's almost like um, you know for a while like everyone said multi-touch every chance they got and now it's mm. like just assumed I think that we're getting to a point where for people who do use 3d touch it's like it's just kind of assumed it's part of like your your interface and your controls and that's what you do
1: well you also on the on the home bar on the bottom you can you can swipe to the right and it will that is how you switch to the last app and you can just switch through apps that way
4: mm-hmm. and
1: once you do it a couple times you're like oh yeah this is how it should work it's great.
2: Wait explain Wipe that again on the home bar. In the home bar you, you swipe up to home.
1: You right. swipe up swipe and to
2: gohome.com
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you just swipe over on it, it swipe it. It swipes the app over to your last app. Oh! So you just you just very quickly without having to do any three D touch shenanigans, you just swipe over and it's the last app you're using. It's
2: great. It's, like it's a little grabber for your app. Yeah. And if you throw it up, you go home. Yep. And if you slide, you go. The okay, question is, okay, that works. why didn't they pull a you Samsung just hold
1: down and make it. It a three D touch home button where you could just press on it really
2: hard? Really hard. Hey, here's my question. You have to wonder. If,
3: I mean, if they tried that and it just. So it just didn't work.
0: Yeah, that's time. your question, Paul.
2: Why didn't they do something crazy and absurd down in the bottom portion of the phone? Like I know, I was so stoked on all the wild UI concepts I saw that they're going to basically use that portion to create like sort of a contextual UI. And and now that I think about it, it is kind of stupid to have a software circle there all the time. Obviously the things change around. Yeah. But they, I don't know. I just feel a like a lot they of Android fans here. Like they made I'm mad they, they, not only did they not like super utilize the bottom of the phone, they kind of made it like a safe area. It literally, they call it a safe area <laughs> because of that little bar that always has to be like available for grabbing. So you can't have too many controls at the bottom of the phone.
1: You're uh, so but, but You're, sorry, you're like, already getting more screen than you would have otherwise, right? You're already getting more screen just because they reserved a portion of it to like work the phone. Like fine, well, I don't know. no, but I, I, thought, I thought I thought it might
2: have something to do with like drag and drag and drop. Like you could have like a dock that shows oh, yeah. up there. Like you could make multitasking mm-hmm. better somehow. Now,
0: I, I honestly think that their move here—they're not going to sell very many of this phone. And the people who buy it, I think they're going to be caught in the loop of, I spent a lot of money on this phone. Because, to be honest, it, I, don't, I think most people will buy the 256 gig version, which is $1,125. So, like, really, this phone costs $1,125. I think if you spend that much money on a phone that is actually a very beautiful physical object, your natural state of being is to be happy with it. <laughs> right? like, it's like, I bought a Ferrari, and it gets terrible gas mileage. Like, it's... It's a Ferrari. Um, it's true. That's how I would feel. I don't know. Any Ferrari owners here? <laughs> Dead silence. Yeah, in that's great. <laughs> or there's like two of them, and they're like, "We can't talk about it." Um, no, but so I think they're able because the scale is so much smaller to do things like, "What if we completely change the home button control center swipe interface?" Mm-hmm. What if we push it, and then they'll they have a year of seeing how that goes. They can either commit to it or change it in iOS 12 when that comes to the mainstream part of their lineup. But they do have this opportunity to screw around. And I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know why they didn't screw on more. But they've created the space to, A, revert, if it's a huge fail, the amount of changes they've made, or to push it if it's a success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. OK, I want to make sure we talk about the watch. Yeah. yeah. So Lauren, you have been cursed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with wearable reviews, no, but you—you've reviewed the last few watches.
3: I have. This
0: one is the—it's the same watch with LTE, basically.
3: As expected, everything really was leaked, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Everything was leaked. Yeah. So this Apple Watch has LTE in it. It is not the first smartwatch to have LTE. Some of you may have tried LG's LTE smartwatch before. <laughs>
0: Also dead silent, more Ferrari owners than LG watch owners in this room currently. Or perhaps
3: Samsung's Galaxy Gear. Was it the S2? Or was it, it was the S3?
1: Also crickets. Let me on the spot. Gear had a better implementation. Okay, so
3: than... here, here's the thing. When, when you're talking about these little wrist computers that are about yay big, um, and you start to add things like cellular modems and more stuff to them, is that the battery life generally suffers. So that was my biggest thing going into this, was like, how, how badly or how much is this going to impact battery life? We don't know yet. Stay tuned for reviews. I told a few people in the audience this earlier. But Apple is saying that they've managed to keep the 18-hour battery claim, even with an LTE modem. Which if they manage to do that is impressive. But I'm not I'm not wholly convinced. I'm not wholly convinced. Like there was this moment when during the introduction when they showed a woman on a surfboard and she was like catching this wave and then all of a sudden she got a phone call. And it was supposed to be this lighthearted moment, but I was like, Wow, that just like totally I don't know. I just feel like there's some places still where you shouldn't have an LTE connection. <laughs> there should still be some places in the world where you can escape from a cellular connection.
2: For, for me, the standout is seeing the Keypad, the number keypad on that phone display—that was—that's was terrifying to me.
3: Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, I think what's going to happen is people are going to use the LTE for true emergency situations, like your your phone battery died and you're like, I still need to call a Lyft, mm. or you know, <laughs> where are we all laughing?
0: <laughs> I think the idea that your phone battery dies before your watch battery is. Tough.
3: <laughs> I thought you were laughing because I didn't say Uber. <laughs> <laughs> No, we call lifts. Okay, we call lifts. Wow. Uh, and
0: wait, I, have, I don't understand. spend a lot of time in the Bay Area, but the idea of ride-sharing service fans <laughs> is terrifying. <laughs> Leave California. Have you
3: heard anything about what's going on at Uber? Uh, but, all right. So back back to the watch. I think that it's going to be helpful in some situations. I think like. Once they get the music streaming thing down on it, that that could be a real value proposition for people who want to go out and about with a watch and they want to just like on the fly change their music selection. And they happen not have their phone with them, but we, I mean, the the LTE watches we reviewed prior to this, it's been a little it's been a little iffy. So it's it's still yeah. I mean, I think. What Apple is doing is, like, it's a kind of a classic product differentiation, right, that we no longer see the Series 2 available. So we've got the Series 3 with LTE. There's a Series 3 without LTE. That's the price of the Series 2. If you don't want LTE, you can still get GPS and waterproofing, which, like, workout people like. Um, I, I say that like I don't, I'm not one of them, and <laughs> and and then there's the Series One for people who just which is the least the least expensive for people who just want kind of like a basic smartwatch that has like notifications and other and other cool things like that. Um, so the, the, this is just like classic like okay if you want to pay the most you're gonna have this LTE thing and maybe you're not gonna use it all the time but it's like the feature it's yeah. the thing and then also I mean there's there's a faster processor. They built the antenna into the face of the watch, which is interesting. That is
0: really cool. Yeah, they figured it out. You have to imagine that that was they had been thinking about that with the first Mm -hmm.
3: watch. And by the way, Fitbit did something similar with their new like Ionic smartwatch. They did some fusion thing in the build where the antenna is actually like. Anyway, we can get into Fitbit another podcast. We could spend another entire hour on that. Uh, (laughs) Could we? (laughs) No, Uh, but let's talk about the Red Dot.
1: Okay. Uh, a lot of feelings about that red dot. A lot dot. of
3: feelings about the red dots. So, so it's far. just cosmetic? My understand. well, it's cosmetic to indicate the LTE. Yeah. It's to tell people, I have a watch, but by the way, if my phone dies, I can call it Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when you're in line at Whole Foods <laughs> and you've got that really heavy bo- grocery bag of avocados
0: just screaming at your wrist. <laughs> and
3: you left your $1000 iPhone at home.
2: It kind of looks like a record button. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: or I think it looks like an SOS button, which is just because the watch actually has an SOS feature.
2: Right.
3: Um but it like to me it looks like like emergency. I'm rich.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> would
3: you guys would you guys get get one? Would you like get an LTE Apple Watch?
1: I, if the if, if I had the Money to spare. It's like, it's an extra 70 bucks for the LTE version. And it's
0: 10 bucks a month for the Ten connection. Mm-hmm.
1: Then I would not. That's a good point. Like, the 10 bucks a month, like, uh, unless they make a Project 5 version, because extra data sims on fire, are free. Cheers. Um, it. uh, but that's never gonna <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I wanna pay 10 bucks a month for my watch. Because
3: the question about that too is not just that you're paying for LTE, but it's gonna be how intelligently they manage the handoff. Because there's already like, right, you can use a lot of things with Bluetooth on the watch. Hmm. Or if you're in uh, an area where there's a known Wi-Fi network, then the watch will connect to that. And then it's, you know, it's not like using the other protocols. And so they're going to do this handoff thing where it's going to go from different wireless protocols to LTE when you need it. And I think how well it works is all going to be dependent on that
1: handoff process. Will it work as well as the uh, lift your arm or tweak your arm gesture to actually have the watch face turn on
0: that's an excellent question if
1: it works that well
0: a watch it's <laughs> so you've got to review the thing we've, yeah. we've got it yeah. but they're winning right so if they just make it incrementally better oh. they're just gonna keep trucking along basically. That's the they thing. presented a slide yesterday that I thought was fascinating they're like we're now the number one watch brand in the world and they just like listed all the but the metric by which they're number one was not presented. And the second one that they listed was Rolex, and it's like, okay, there can't be number of watches sold, right? I so think it's revenue. It's Rolex revenue. Rolex like sells four million dollar watches a year, and Apple sells like that many number of like three hundred dollar watches, and like, they're right. number one. Right. So yeah, like they
3: said, their sales have increased fifty percent year over year. Yeah. And then if you look at the latest IDC numbers, which puts out these reports of like. Global wearable shipments every so often. They're actually now only number two to Xiaomi. So Xiaomi's beating them in volume, which is mm-hmm. not surprising because it's Xiaomi. But Apple has now snuck ahead of Fitbit, uh, which is like had a lot of sales declines this year. It's snuck ahead of it's ahead of Garmin, uh, which is impressive because like they're in that sort of sports enthusiast category. Um, so. Yeah, and then Cook has said in sort of vague terms, this business is the size of Fortune 500 business on its own. So it's like, it's a real thing at Apple. But, um, you know, how many people here are wearing smartwatches? Probably a lot in this crowd, right? Yeah, yeah there's a good amount. Oh Joey, know, I, dude. Yeah, he's like, I have four. If it's, right if it's
1: more than 10%, <laughs> yeah. I'd be shocked.
3: Thanks, Joe. You just boosted the average for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think Wing. for like a lot of normal people still, they're like, I don't know if I need a smartwatch. I still think that's a very real question. Yeah. Apple Watch for kids, yeah.
0: That's dystopian. And then you release them into the cement circle and just chase them around. <laughs> uh, okay, we are. I, I told everyone that we were going to go long, and we have certainly gone long. We long. Uh, so Lauren, I really want to thank you for coming to the event yesterday, thank for you. being on stage, for seeing these people. It was dealing super with Joey. fun. I'm going
3: to go. Right, Lauren, clap for Lauren. Oh. Yeah. Uh, bye,
0: guys. Uh, this episode of RoachCast brought to you by TransferWise. Do you ever need to send money internationally? Maybe you're an engineer who moved to the U.S. or a business owner paying suppliers in another country or you're a freelancer getting paid by a client in a foreign country. You should use TransferWise, the cheaper, easier way to send money. Because when it comes to sending money, banks are stuck in the past. TransferWise is the future. It uses a peer-to-peer network that trims the fat off of international payments. You pay into a local account. TransferWise pays your recipient from an account in their countries. Currencies don't cross borders. Why should that matter to you? Because it lets TransferWise do things your bank can't. Your bank might charge expensive fees, give you a poor exchange rate. It often takes way too long to use. But you save time and money with TransferWise. TransferWise payments take seconds to set up. They charge one tiny fixed fee, and they give you an exchange rate that would make your cheap Uncle Larry proud. Uncle Larry's back, and he's proud of you. See how much you could save by going to TransferWise.com, or you could download the app from the App Store or Google Play. Once again, that is TransferWise.com. Transfer is in, I need to send money to another country. Wise is in... That Confucius guy was wise. Transferize. Use it. I want to bring out a dude right now, the only person I can think of to talk about an emoji with Casey Newton.
4: Hi, everybody. I just say the last time I was in this physical space, I saw Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan announce a campaign to end all human disease. Uh, so it's great to hear you guys talk about the iPhone. But anyway, what were we saying? I just shook a bunch of strangers' hands and then ate food, so... Um, yeah. that happened
2: in this room? Uh, yes, in this, v- in this very room. And how's it going?
4: Uh, as far as I can tell, <laughs> cancer is still a thing, so... <laughs> All right, Casey,
0: before we begin, I don't want to forget... That was dark, by the way. That was...
4: Oh, and I'm just getting started.
0: Casey's Go like on. a professional improv comedian now, and that was one of the roughest chuckles I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to forget. Paul? Mm-hmm. You're weak, buddy. Oh, yeah. we almost forgot. I mean...
4: <laughs> But we the, never
0: forget. <laughs> we never. You do a, a thing. Yeah. A segment.
2: What's it called, buddy? <laughs> 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 it's called... <laughs> is there a refrigerator in this thing?
4: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I forgot to I forgot to come up with a new title because it's it, not bad. This happens yeah. also, by the way. If, it's called "Is There a Refrigerator in This Thing?" Well, will edit it. The famous Vergecast segment. <laughs> All right, this is this is burning up the internet today. Um, is is something called bodega? <laughs> and a chill filled the room.
0: There is a refrigerator in this
2: thing. <laughs> No, no, that's I'm pretty sure they sell beverages in this bodega, but it does not seem to be refrigerated. So you, well, you can get like a lukewarm vitamin water. Does anybody <laughs> Do people want What the bodega is. Okay, so bodega imagine a box in, in a building and you approach that box and you give that box money somehow and you receive a product from that box. What What's would you for? call that? A vending machine. Yeah. No. It's a bodega. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to disrupt the bodega industry, and mom and pop and first-generation immigrants are all going to be out of business Uh, and destitute, and Silicon Valley, meanwhile, is going to take all the money. Big bodega (laughs) has it coming. Big bodega. Big bodega. <laughs> no. I don't know. I think I think it's hilarious. It, these guys made a box that has like some machine learning in it so that basically you unlock it with your phone, you open it up, you get a You're
0: p- listening in your car and making aggressive square, scare quotes at the words machine learning.
2: <laughs> it's a real thing. People do it. It's a job. <laughs> no, machines do it. You know, like You can get like a Udemy course on machine learning. Right. Okay. So it's two Google, ex-Google engineers. A, it's a talent. It's like a Academy course. Lawyer quotes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Machines can do that now better I, I ever could. All right, go um, ahead. No, don't be mean to
1: CodeCademy, by the way.
0: <laughs> no, they're great. They'll come at you. <laughs> they It's a long
4: story. Um, <laughs> anyway,
2: so you, you unlock this box, and then, like, it sees what you take out of it, and it charges it to your account. And so the idea is that they're going to put them in, like, apartment buildings or, like, gyms or kind of shared spaces that are relatively secure because this box doesn't look very secure. But... Um, <laughs> The whole, there was just a huge controversy today because they called it bo- Bodega. And uh, I think Bodega means a lot to a lot of people. They'd called it like vendor with no, no E. Yeah, like vendor with, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no vowels, vendor. Right, what, okay,
0: so you're bother. my resident Silicon Valley silliness supporter. Yes. yes. Tell me about Bodega.
4: The, the name was a really bad choice. Yeah. Uh, what, what we learned today is that 80% of a New Yorker's identity is that they're friends with a cat in a convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> If if you read Twitter today, man, did you hear about the deep deep friendships that these rich people have with the people who work at their bodega? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't believe any of that. By the way, I think they buy Cheetos there and tell themselves they have a friend who is unlike them. Uh, that's not it's not real. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, what is real? is that uh, technology is displacing jobs and technology has no answer for that and Silicon Valley is extremely callous about that and its only alternative to jobs seems to be what if we just like have the government write you a check, right? So Silicon Valley doesn't have the first thing to do about, uh, doesn't know the first thing to do about like what is happening because of automation. So when things like Bodega come along with the implication that they're gonna get rid of real people's jobs, uh, then I think there is a justified backlash against it because it does come across as as idiotic. Now the the founders of Bodega Vega said in a, a medium post today, which was oh, inevitable gross. and had 241 claps. The last time I looked. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, they said, Stop "Clapping, don't uh, yeah, clap!" Do not because it doesn't count. You, you have to clap it. on the website. <laughs> so no one gets paid. <laughs> this is real. Stop laughing. Authors do not get paid unless you physically clap on the website. Uh, what the author said was. Um, Essentially, that they, that they feel really sorry about the name because they never intended to go head-to-head with actual convenience stores. They just wanted to put vending machines in apartment complexes. And apparently, they'd done a bunch of market research that said that uh, like uh, immigrants did not uh, object to this name. Uh, so anyway, the whole thing is a huge mess. But I think if, if they had to do it over again, they'd pick a different name.
0: Yeah. Also, I think that the Fast Company headline was like, this Silicon Valley Startups wants to deport immigrants with their vending machine. It was like, they didn't, they didn't write that. Whatever. I, it's not fair for me to ever complain about headlines. Animoji. Yeah, Casey, that's why you're here. Here Let's we get go. get off this dark stuff and talk yeah. about talking foxes.
4: So, um, well, Animoji. <laughs> which which, which Animoji are you? Well, as far as I was able to ascertain yesterday, there is no eggplant Animoji, okay. <laughs> which feels like a missed opportunity to uh, me. Yeah. You know, My thing is uh, that the Animoji are apparently in the iMessage App Store. Is that right? You have to access the App Store to use them? Or how does that work? OK, so you have a keyboard. Yeah. You
0: do click on the App Store icon.
4: Yeah. The first thing that opens is
0: Animoji. I yeah. see. And then you're another level away. Great. So they're training you to click on that button. That is true. But whether you will ever go to...
4: I once hired a private investigator to find the iMessage app store and I'm still waiting to hear about it. Um, look, I think, these, I think these things are, are fun, uh, but uh, all of the recent kind of social enhancement to iMessage have felt a little bit uh, either half-hearted or, or too late to me. Uh, like, how many times uh, if iMessage users out there in the past day has someone sent you something with lasers? Right, like... This stuff is there, uh, but I don't think it gets widely used. And so I think you might see a few novelty uh, foxes and panda faces in your iMessage, but I don't think this is going to become like the new default way for teens to communicate. I, it's, it's, it's a bummer to me that it's locked to iMessage,
1: because I hate things that are locked to iMessage. Peter is just watching a GIF of him. I am smiling, smiling at him on his computer right now. I wanted, I, wanted to look at the, I wanted to gaze upon the different emoji options, and a GIF is the first thing that came up. Um, so we got to try it, though, yeah. and I will tell you it is the most fun I've had with the phone in the past six months. It is wildly fun to like talk to your phone and have an emoji literally like beat for beat no lag at all become your face. Like, I I became a little dog yesterday. It was very cute. Sure, but if...
4: (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to deny that
2: that was cute, Casey? I would never
4: deny that that's cute. (laughs) It was very cute. But the thing is, I've been using Snapchat for four years, right? And they have lenses that are not actually all that different. So I, I don't deny that the technology is cute. I think some people will have a little bit of fun with it, uh, and it is a novel demonstration of this technology that they built into this very expensive phone. Um, but I, like, I, I don't know. I just think iMessage is such an amazing platform for Apple. I would love to see them invest like 10 times more in it because uh, th- th- there's actually a lot of research out there that it- it's really the number one chat app for teens, right? Because like, for teens, having an iPhone is such a status symbol, and it's where most of their communications are going on. So, man, like, you could just imagine iMessage being so much more than it is right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think the thing about Animoji that gets me is the way they want you to use it is that you're gonna record a movie. Yeah. And I don't, like, I don't do that with iMessage ever. I never send the little audio messages. So the idea that I'm gonna to respond to someone instead of like, sending them one quick emoji, I'm gonna pull up my phone and like
4: act out a quiet scene for them. Right. Um, what I, if you were courting a lady? Do you think you would maybe invest a little time in making a panda face? I will
0: confidently tell you that if I send my wife a talking poop, <laughs> I'm literally married to a divorce attorney and I, I, I will do this shit for free. Uh, so I don't think that's going to happen. I'll try, I'll try it. We'll just see what happens. Um, no, I mean, I, I, you're, sure. But I, I think you're right. I think Snapchat is like, it's so much farther. And there's a huge incremental upgrade to Snapchat filters. That stuff, when I tried it yesterday, was also incredible. Okay, but
4: what was. Because di- I've watched this video, it looked like a Snapchat filter. What was the difference?
0: Um, so, usually, when I, when I use Snapchat filters or Instagram filters, which I think are a little bit worse,
4: they they, there is a perceptible
0: lag between what you're doing and what the computer is pasting onto your face. None of it is there. It just looks actually like it's applied to your face. It became the dancing hot dog. I was yeah. the dancing hot dog. Yeah. That's my, that's my animoji. <laughs> just dancing away while the world burns. Yeah, I
4: mean, th- that's a great, look, to the extent that all of this is making augmented reality a thing, I think it's, it's really exciting. You know, something that did not get a lot of attention yesterday at the keynote, but that has been huge, particularly on Twitter, is all of these novel applications of ARKit, right, like, there are, there are Twitter accounts where you can just see everyday novel applications of ARKit, and it's some of the absolute coolest stuff that is being done with the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so I hope we see a lot more of that, and, and I hope Apple talks a lot more more about that so Animoji like great use for that but I think the AR stuff that is going to come out in the next six months is going to have nothing to do with Animoji and like that's going to be the stuff we're talking about.
0: Also the the limited amount of people who are going to have the 10 it's not going to be a huge number of people. It just isn't.
4: But only because of supply constraints. Like, this is where I differ from you guys. Like, I I think that it's the 8 that is not going to be a huge hit. And I think that Apple is going to sell every 10 that it makes. Uh, Because I think you either want the best iPhone or you want the iPhone that you can best afford. And the 8 is neither of those things. So, okay, like,
1: let's posit that uh, anybody who can spend. $750, $800 $750, for an 8 or 8 plus. Or $50 a month. Will, and if they could, would get the 10 because it's like not that much more on an amortized carrier plan. Uh, so let's let's stipulate that that's true. And let's also further stipulate that it seems likely that Apple's not going to be able to make enough of these damn things.
0: Resolved, the them. Model United Nations
1: shall Wait, buy an iPhone 10. So what happens on I was in December model, you know, I 20th, them. when I'm my phone breaks. I need to go buy a phone. I've surveyed the market. I didn't buy a phone in the fall because I'm not an idiot. Um, and I, you don't know, buy fall till after all the phones are announced. That's what I mean. Um, and I go and I discover that if I want to get an iPhone 10, I have to wait until June, right? It's gonna the backlog is that long.
4: I waited six weeks for my AirPod and, I, and my AirPods, and I still feel sad about it. But I waited.
1: Do you think that most people are going to do that? or Are they going to quote unquote settle for an eight?
4: I think that so many, for so many people, like the, 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 the current year iPhone, it, it, it's a status symbol. It's something they, are, they look forward to all year. Like, I absolutely think that people are going to wait, particularly those like us who are buying a new phone every year. Hmm. Let's say there's a two-month wait for the new phone. They'll wait because the phone they have in their pocket is a 7 or a 7S, and it's fine. right? Yeah. Like they only want it because it does some cool stuff. It's going to look cool when they bring it out at parties. Uh, I think people are absolutely going to wait for the ten. Yeah,
0: I think the question is, are they gonna wait so long that it's next September?
4: <laughs> it's right? that's, that's, that's like real. If, if it's true that there's a 12 month wait for the iPhone X, <laughs>
0: everything you guys have said is true. Yeah, I, I think that's the most interesting problem for them. Um, I hung out, by the way, with a guy named Kunal Dua today, who's the editor in chief of Gadget360, which is the biggest tech site in India. It's actually bigger than The Verge, and it's just Indian audiences. And he told me that Indian buyers, on average, buy a new phone every nine months. Wow. Uh, they cover two phone launches a day. There's an average of 10 phones launched in India every week. Uh, and they, all the companies have price segments from, that are like, Samsung has a phone at every $8, which is every 500 rupees. Like, yeah, that's from amazing. zero to the top of the line. And he's like, the reason the iPhone 6S still exists is because it is the most popular phone Apple sells in India. Because it's, it's the one that fits into that pricing strategy. That's new, and what people don't want there is refurbished phones. So Apple has this. Uh, obviously, we have a somewhat myopic view of our market, and like there's all of the. If you can afford seven fifty, you can afford a thousand. Which I am pretty shaky on. Like it's I understand it, It's it, a it's, 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 yeah. it's a big leap. Um, but it's funny how Apple also has to cater to these other huge markets that they are seeing, where they have to show growth, because if all that happens is the wave of carrier upgrade plans sweeps over America and everybody gets an iPhone 8 because it's the one that you've been paying on installments for this entire time, they will have zero growth. right? So they have to find ways to capture new people, which means both going down market, which is not what we generally you know, pay attention to, and it also means they've got to convert a bunch of Android high-end owners over, which means they have to appeal to, like, okay. note owners. So, here's the thing. I don't know if the iPhone 10 appeals to, like, the note owner who's like, what I want is, like, a 400-horsepower engine and a stylus, right? Yeah. Like, but so, like, the, talk
1: about parts myopia. Parts myopia.
0: Like, you're getting a 10?
1: Uh, that's the so, plan. Yeah. Neil is getting a 10. I'm probably going to a 10. Paul is not. I want to hear about this. Yeah. Why not? Cause cars. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cars.
2: Yeah, I was been working on this. I was pretty up pretty late last night trying to make a car analogy. I don't know a lot about cars. <laughs> so here's my here's where I went with it. The iPhone 10 is like a Ferrari, but I just need a Honda. I just need something like reliable and affordable and like something that like matches like my actual use use case. And I don't. It, it's not. Such a precious object in my life that I need the ultra luxury one. So I do like to have a really nice phone, and I like it to have a long-lasting battery life and be reliable and take nice pictures and stuff. But it's not the most important object in my life.
4: See, if I'm Apple and I hear this, like this terrifies me because what Paul is saying is the iPhone eight is a station wagon, right? Yeah. And and Apple has never been about that. They've always been about creating that um, that sense of like, oh my God, the future has just landed in the present. So
0: that was the entire. I mean, that was the thesis of the event yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the Steve Jobs theater. This is his dream. He would literally, I've heard multiple Apple executives saying, We hope he's proud of us. Right? Like, they were like, Is the iPhone X to you the same as the iPhone? Uh, The answer to me is like, No, it just has an edge shed screen.
4: Well, here's what I would say about it. The, the, the iPhone that I remain the most satisfied with in terms of like where it took me from where I was is the iPhone 4. The iPhone 4, every time you took it out of your pocket, it looked like jewelry. Yeah, it looked like you were holding this just incredible object, right? Well, and I haven't held the iPhone 10 in my hands yesterday, but looking at the, the, the video that you did, looking at everything else, it looked like jewelry, and I haven't stunning. felt that way about the iPhone for a long time. As a
0: piece of hardware, it is absolutely stunning.
4: I think that's going to carry it so much further than the 8 being like, you know, the, the camera's nice. Yeah. How many,
0: a lot of people tweeted, me, tweeted this to me yesterday when I said, does, does anybody have thoughts about the 8? I've only heard about the X today. And like a flood of people tweeted, it's the iPhone 7S. Who here thinks it's, a, it would be, it's the 7S, they renamed the 8 to make it sound better? You're good. <laughs> Joey, Joey's got nothing. So it's like, it's like a medium feeling that's out there in the world that I think they have to contend with. I think the vast majority of people who do not come to podcasts about surround sound formats are probably not thinking about. But actually, this leads me to my next question. It's like really what I want to talk to you about, which is what Animoji are you? Um, No, so you weren't there, but you are, you watched it obviously, you paid attention. I felt like the vibe towards Apple and its self-regard yesterday was distinctly different than 10 years ago or last year or even the year before that, where it was seen as somewhat out of touch. Did you get that?
4: Yeah, I mean, they said a couple of things that I would have personally advised them against. Uh, I don't think you can call a corporate retail space a town square. I I I think that it's... um, It it actually, like, it it offends my sensibilities just because there's a lot of things that you can't do in a retail store that you can and should do in in a town square, right? I also think there was a lot of talk about Apple... As a company, and you know, having uh, like I saw Steve Jobs introduce the iPad too, and it was very like the whole event was sort of about the iPad and what it could do for your life, not about Apple and, and what a, a incredible company Apple is. Although of course Steve Jobs talked about that too. So I do think it was somewhat backward looking, but I can't fault Apple for that too much because they were there to inaugurate a new building yeah. that was named after their founder. So you know, as somebody who has loved Apple products for a really long time, like I did cut them a lot of slack, like to a degree that I think some other journalists would say that I. Was was, uh, you know, like sort of going too soft on them, but like you know, stuff Apple has made has done really amazing things in my life, and if so, if they wanna spend 10 minutes at the top of their, you know, uh, show, uh, telling me about, you know, uh, Steve Jobs' view on technology, I'm like, I'm super down for that. <laughs> uh, like, maybe in ways that are not flattering to me as a journalist, but like, I was sort of there for it. Uh, you know, but then when they're, when they sort of come around to like, you know, an Apple store is a community center, like, I, I've, I've been to their flagship store in Union Square, and it's just like lines of people trying to buy AirPods, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, to me, the feeling I got was there's so much more attention being paid. And actually, in weird ways, we talk about this on the show all the time between what our corporations sh- should do, what they're free to do, and what our government should do, and what our government is free to do. Does that make any sense? Um, sure, let's go with it. We've all been drinking. We um, talk about that. Um, we, you know, we talk about it all the time. And uh, Apple seems to be taking the position that it actually will be the greatest force for good in your life. Right, and it's, the way it will do that is by selling you relatively expensive things. Yeah. Which I think is actually fine for a company like Apple to say because their business is selling expensive things. But where they're not, I think, making the connection that people want, if they were actually going out into cities and spending their war chest of billions of dollars to build a library, and like, this is a town square, it's our gift to you. But they're not, right? They're like, we're gonna capture an obvious return on investment in this space that is our retail space. Right. And I think that distinction is actually quite troublesome and they haven't quite thought about the messaging of it because, and I don't mean to say this about this government, although I feel this very deeply in my heart about our current government, our current government is not like doing it, right? And that is true, I think that'd be true whether we had a Democrat, but our current government is not doing it. (laughs) Sorry.
4: (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I was listening to another Vox Media podcast, Rico Decode, with Kara Swisher, yeah. who had Scott Galloway on, uh, I, I believe it was this week, and he talked about the idea of, you know, what if Apple just used some of those many, many billions that it has in reserves to create a free online university, and just sort of, like, put that out in the world, and anyone could just study any subject that they wanted, yeah. and Apple subsidize it, right? Sort of bring, um, you know, r- really, like, uh, put your money where your mouth is when it comes to being, like, humanitarians at the intersection of, of technology and, and the liberal arts. So, I do think that there is a lot more that Apple can do there. I think... That you know, they're, they're talking about themselves as humanitarians. It does get somewhat overwrought. Um, But they do create creative tools that a lot of people in the creative arts do use to make very cool things. And that buys them a certain amount of leeway to do that kind of talk.
1: I think for me, if, if they're still towing the line of, not towing the line, if they're still following the theme of talking more about Apple as a company and a concept, instead of the things we made and what precisely it will do for you in six months or a year, that's a problem. They, you, you just built the most amazing corporate campus you know, ever made. You, you, you built a thing that is insanely beautiful and cool.
0: That does not
4: have child care, but go right. on. It does not have child care. <laughs>
0: it's a fact. Very good point. But Tim Cook uh, likes to work out, so it has a 10,000-square-foot oh, workout man. facility
4: in it. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: I,
1: I, those are your choices,
4: I right? You, you say,
0: reflect
1: you, yourself. You can have that minute. You can have that, that introduction to the keynote. You can like have the moment playing insanely creepy music in your atrium that we all you know sat there for, um, stood there for. Um, you get that, like Apple was unashamed about being Apple yesterday. They were, they were not modest.
4: They and were
1: unapologetically Apple. Unapologetically Apple, right, It's fine. Yeah. Like, you, they just opened the Steve Jobs Theater. They just like, invited people over to the giant spaceship they built. They uh, you know, announced the most ambitious iPhone they've done in how many years, do you wanna say? Several, Four. yeah. Uh, so yeah, take the, mo- take the moment, Five. but if you do it again, if you're still acting that way in a year, then you know, you're, you're a little full of yourself.
4: Right, and then they'll introduce an incremental upgrade and we'll sit here being, talking about how boring it was <laughs> and yeah, you know, yeah. Apple can't innovate anymore. No,
0: I, I think it's less than that. I think it's, um, they're so important, right? Like they broke through the noise of our current political discourse. They broke through the noise of whatever people were angry about on Twitter yesterday. Like they're able to do it with products. And I think the big difference and I think about this a lot, there's a great interview, one of the many great interviews uh, Walt and Kara did with Steve Jobs at Code, and I don't know what they were talking about, but Jobs said to Walt, we're gonna make choices for people, and if they like it, they buy it, and if they don't, they won't, and that's the best we can do. But he never talked about a larger mission, right? He, He was entirely focused on, here's how I make choices about what products to make, and here, I'm gonna sell them to you for whatever price I think is fair, and hopefully you like it. And I think also, by the way, everyone else is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> that's why we loved him. Uh, Apple right now keeps talking about their larger responsibility to the world because they are the most valuable corporation in the world. And I think doing that without the corresponding action is what caused that other reaction we saw yesterday. Yeah. But Paul, I'm actually really curious in your take of this because we generally disagree on these sorts of things, and I'm very curious what you think about it.
2: Well, I, I don't know how the... F- federal government would be creating, like, these public spaces. So I'm not actually exactly sure. I do get the, like, what you're talking about with the store being, like, a town square. That does, that bugs me as well. The idea that a a company, I, to be honest, the thing I love about Apple is that it makes my decisions for me, right? Like, it's like, I've signed up to be an Apple user, so Apple can make all these decisions for me, I'll go along with them. If I have strong opinions about certain things, like pages, I'll use Google Docs or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, I'll just use the Apple stuff, and, and it simplifies my life. And
0: that's great. The only person who has an opinion about pages, let alone a strong one. <laughs>
2: um, I don't want to, them to make my political decisions for me. Right. I don't, they don't define my religion, my politics, my activism, you know. And so it's fine for a company to go out and do that, but I don't want them to sell me that. Yeah, you know,
0: and I think that's actually the, the heart of this troublesome Town Square thing. This podcast got very deep. Everybody take a breath. Okay, we're gonna keep going. Uh, does everyone finish taking their notes? There'll be a quiz at the end. No, at the end of it, they're a company and they have to sell to everyone, and that means they will file the edges off their harshest opinions in a way the government kind of doesn't, right? The government, like, takes all the input, they take your tax dollars, and, like, make a bunch of policy decisions, and, like, half of you hate them, right? And I, that that, to me, is, like, the difference, and I... I just wanted, I, I wanted to bring that up in this show, in front of this audience that came here for around Sun Jokes. By the one choice that Apple has made for you is that you want to have fucking Atmos. Um, <laughs> it's true. I want to bring it up on the show because we spent so much time talking about their hardware, but so much of yesterday was also laced through with their social ambition and their policy ambition. Like Apple, for example, came out a few weeks ago and for the first time uh, filed a brief in support of net neutrality, and that's great largest, most powerful company in technology being like, here's a policy that I personally agree with, Paul doesn't agree with, but they're doing it because they're about to launch video content, right? They hired a bunch of Sony executives to make shows, and if some carriers block those shows, Apple's at a disadvantage. So that now they're making policy decisions that obviously serve their interests, I think serve everyone's interests, but they're using that weight to do it, but they only did it when it actually began to serve their interests rather than a larger interest. And I think it's important to just take a, Half step back from arguing about notches and whatever, and just point out that they talk a huge game, but there's actually a lot of dissent underneath that that I think is tied into a moment you know the the eu find google there 's a lot of talk about antitrust law coming after google facebook Microsoft apple amazon Amazon now owns everything they actually own this building <laughs> are you are you sensing the the sort of panic in the valley around? the tech moment colliding with the, hey, you guys are a little too powerful.
4: Yeah, and I think it has, uh, it has the, the writing has maybe been on the wall for a few months, but I think you, you're you just starting to see it crystallize, even within the last few weeks with the EU and Google, there is this sense that all of a sudden we don't feel the same way about tech companies that we once did. Now, obviously, kind of the, the big four or five, Amazon, Google, Apple, uh, et cetera, like those, I know I've left out one, but we're doing it live. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're beloved consumer brands and I don't think the the average citizen is mad at them. And in fact, they're probably the source of national pride. But at the same time, uh, there are real threats. And probably the number one threat is that they are eliminating jobs, right? Like you think of Facebook as one of the biggest companies in the world and it has 17,000 employees. So I think of how many employees like Ford or like General Motors had back in the day. So those jobs are going away. There's a sense that they're not coming back. Uh, The companies are growing ever larger. So at some point, I think there is a thought that, that something has to give. And so I think you're gonna see tech companies spend a lot more on lobbying, uh, but maybe you'll see, uh, even see them making some preemptive moves. Maybe they'll spin out one of their businesses. Uh, I think they'll do whatever they can to uh, be the masters of their own destiny.
0: Yeah, when you think, because you cover all the other companies here in the Valley pretty closely, how do they f- feel about Apple? Like, and when these moments happen and there's a big new piece of hardware, it's suddenly like Twitter's like, we figured out Nazis. Because we have corners on the screens now. or like, like, How do they think it through?
4: Well, I mean, I think the rank and file employees like, get very excited about it. I was actually like, chatting with some folks in the audience here before, and they work for tech companies in Silicon Valley, and they were all really excited to watch the iPhone event yesterday because they want to know, you know, what is this device that I use like 90 times a day going to look like? So I think at the individual level, they are largely fans of the product. You know, at the corporate level, uh, they will gripe about the same things that everybody gripes about with Apple. You know, like the partnership's can be hard. Uh, you yeah. know, Apple says no to an awful lot of things. They can be difficult to work with. Um, but you know, compare, like, I'll just say personally, I'm far more worried about Facebook's effect on the public sphere than I am about Apple, yeah. right? Because like, Apple makes the tools, and like, Facebook is the stuff that we're actually looking at that uh, appears to be uh, warping all of our minds in, in frightening ways, right? So I think Apple actually will get a pass. on a, like, I, th- I think you'll see uh, antitrust come for Amazon and Facebook and Google long before you see it come for Apple.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because Apple owns the store. <laughs> yeah, right. like they have in a real way like far more power. I feel like we need to end this on an up note. You know how we're going to do that? This episode of the Versecast, also brought to you by Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You can even get a unique domain, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. Plus, with Squarespace's award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is a simple and intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support that can help you with any problem, no matter how technical or trivial. Think of it as your very own IT department. So make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. If you use offer code VERGE, you get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is offer code VERGE, V-E-R-G-E. Squarespace.com, offer code VERGE. Squarespace. This was an advertisement. We're going to take some questions from these people. Yeah. Does that feel right to you? Yeah, people. Can, Joey, can you bring us up, buddy? Go nuts..: well, yeah. That is. Hey, that's our. It's, I think theres You're like phones. you're like seven for oh, eight. wow, lights. Wow.. Hey, everybody. Oh, there you are. Hey. All hey, so beautiful.
4: Look at how beautiful they look: by, All right.
2: By the way. by the way. I'm really grateful for people that came. Yeah, thank you all so much. Phenomenal, thank really you.
4: Really nice and validating of you I, to come here. I, I, I talked to somebody who came here from Singapore. Yeah, and, and he told me he was actually here to help with Hurricane Harvey relief, but then he came here.
0: <laughs> thank you, sir. I talked to somebody who escaped from Mobile World Congress America, which yeah. arguably even more
2: difficult. <laughs> Ooh, it's rough. He's right there. <laughs> Look. It's quite possible that we've already answered all of your questions because of our detailed and excellent analysis of the Apple (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, so if you have a question, there we go. I was
2: terrified. it would be a moment where
1: I'd be like, yeah, no, we we don't want to talk to you,
0: goodbye. (laughs) No, we do want to talk to you. You're you're great.
4: What do you all think about the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus pricing, considering the base models are more expensive than the 7 and 7 Plus?
2: Inflation. (laughs) <laughs> Just go with it.
0: Also, gas is more expensive now. It's the '70s. Actually, Lauren was saying this earlier. Like, they have an average selling price problem. They also bumped the prices of the iPads quietly by fifty bucks yesterday. Um, I think it comes down to if they show relatively flat growth, but tons of revenue growth, they'll they'll be okay. They'll be able to make that excuse. I don't know if adding a glass back and a bunch of Qi licensing for wireless charging. And, Cost so much money, but yeah. I, I do think there's a move to make all the products more premium. Yeah, it's possible the processor
1: was like a bunch more money. Well, it's Bionic now. It's Bionic.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I, I will say I'm not super pleased by it. Um, but I mean, you know, the iPhone 7 is also around. Uh, they could have dropped the price on that a little more, maybe.
0: I would pay another 50 bucks for a headphone jack.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Super would. <laughs> uh, all
4: right, man. Yeah. Um, so, a hidden feature of that sort of animoji style thing that they've got going on is um, actually that dot matrix is used in, in affective neuroscience to measure facial uh, expressions and facial emotions. Do you think we're going to enter into a world where Siri starts interacting with us um, sort of in our own emotional context? And how long do you think it's bef- going to be before Domino starts paying money? <laughs> Make you sure are making a lot of assumptions about Siri, dog. I'll, just, I'll just say, I think that'll happen after you're able to use Siri to set a timer on your Mac. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, is, it's you probably know. the dream. I'm sure someone else will do it first. Um, all of that also is scary, right? I think to cross that wall where you're not just unlocking it by looking at it, but Apple's saying to you, now we can read your emotions and adjust the color temperature of the display. Because <laughs> no, that's their best trick. It is, by the way, their best trick. But they, there's so much of just questions around, we're looking at you, that they have to answer with unlocking the phone before they can go all the way there. But
2: there, also, Siri. Which there is, is like a history of research, uh, like I think it's called effective compu- computing. Yep. And, and it, there is a lot of interesting stuff around if your devices were more aware of you, like when you're perspiring or if you're getting mad or if you're happy or you're sad or something like that, that there might be, because obviously there's a lot of creepy ways you can go with that, but there also might be some really interesting ways like where you're like, hey, maybe you should take a breather or like, you know, there, there, there are ways that our devices could help us out by understanding our emotions better and giving us little cues just, or it could just be creepy.
0: I just don't trust them to not be ham-fisted
1: Yeah. right like the
2: I do not well, one of
1: the
0: guys pops up uh, an, an apple employee who works on the heart rate monitor uh you know they released they so that the watch is the most popular heart rate monitor in the world and they released a feature with a new one where it will measure your resting heart rate and when it's elevated abnormally like when you're not working out and one of the apple employees was tweeting yesterday i worked on this feature my heart rate gets elevated when i'm on a date and when i'm stressed out and i was like yeah, and also when, like, Trump Tweets. <laughs> like, if, if you just, like, if you know that, those two pieces of information, like, you should just shut my computer down. Like, you should shut it, like, go outside. <laughs> All right, what's up, man?
4: All right, so uh, the iPhone ten is supposed to be the next decade for what the iPhone should be. Do you think there's enough courage there to really mean that? <laughs>
0: All right, Doctor Samsung. <laughs> I'm on to you. Kevin Samsung is here. Um. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's, actually, that's I, my I whole could, answer. I can address this. Um, <laughs> the idea
1: that the uh, iPhone 10 has a bunch of like new fundamental like concepts of the way a phone should work doesn't ring true to me. In the way that the original iPhone, original, and then later on a couple iterations into Android. WebOS, even Windows Phone all had brand new ideas of this is the way a phone should work and this is how you're gonna interact with this device. Um, and th- even though there's like a couple new ways to swipe around and do whatever, um, and there's a bunch of new AR stuff, I think that a lot of that stuff feels more um, like experimental and trying it out rather than a, like, a system- systematized thought process of this is the way that phones are gonna work from now on. Um, so, yes, there are, there are surely things in the iPhone 10 that are indicators of what the next you know, 10 years of the iPhone are going to look like. But there's not a grand new big idea there. It is fundamentally iterative. And I know that tech reviewers and tech writers use the word iterative too often, and it kind of doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, but they've inter- introduced a few new concepts, but I don't think they've introduced a brand new foundation. So, yes, screens are going to look like that from now on. That's just the, the default now. Phones are gonna have cool AR stuff from now on. That's just the default now. Um, but that doesn't mean that they, it's changed everything.
0: So uh, my answer to that is only slightly different in that the first iPhone was this absolute force of convergence. So it ate your MP3 player, it ate your camera, it ate, I don't know, taxi dispatch services. Like, it just ate everything in its wake. Right, and it was able to do that in a way that literally no other product before it was able to do. You, you can't do that again. So like you're kind of like limited in scope. But I do think that front camera stack that is the beginning of something really, really important. Right. It's I think we put this in the hands-on yesterday. The front camera on the 10 is way more important than the back camera. And that I think ushers in another set of uses for the phone that we kind of don't understand that could lead it to once again
2: disrupting taxi services. I, I also Uber think knows you're pissed off. Something <laughs> interesting about the, the port, portrait lighting. Yeah, it was something I was trying to, like, come up with, like, what's another photographic technique that could be added as a technology? And I didn't think of lighting, but Apple thought of lighting and did a really cool technology. And, like, if you combine that with, like, that front sensor, like, if you think of where the phone is eventually going, it's something that you hold out. And it has a perfect 3D photorealistic map of everything around you. And then you can do things based on all of that information that's now in your phone. You could make a video game out of it and explore it, or you could get contextual information in AR, or you could Photoshop it like crazy and relight it and change everybody's faces. And... Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I don't think we know, but I, if it comes from anywhere, I think it's that. Joey! What's okay. up? Everybody give a hand for Joey. He had to deal with me. I made a lot of angry faces at Joey because he was literally the only person I could see.
2: All right, so you guys have touched on this um, this whole show and a few episodes back,
0: but um, Apple's obviously in a kind of state of flux right now. You know, we saw Apple as a company where they sold the best product at the highest price point for a long time. Now they're about to sell five different models of the iPhone, eight if you count the pluses. What does this mean for the next five, ten years of Apple? Are they going to sell a $200, $100 iPhone? What is their future in terms of growth? You know, are we looking at... The best phone forever are we really trying to get the entire world to buy an iPhone? Well, if I knew that, I would work in a uh, circle I will uh, say
2: <laughs> when i when I was writing my car piece i I got a feeling that it wasn't i, I was I wasn't mad at Apple. I was kind of celebrating them like I like you have you've made a good enough phone, and like you know I would love that like these specs someone tweeted this at me like put these new specs in like the s e like like Apple is definitely in a position where they have the good enough, like the camera good enough, screen good enough, software good enough. you know they can make smaller, cheaper phones that are good enough, and that's like really exciting that you know this technology can keep on going down the price. I have no idea where to go in the high end at all
0: yeah i I think
2: to me that that future of Apple is one a lot of people talk
0: about and care about. The one that is always the most important, is one Casey was discussing earlier is. What Apple has historically done is democratize tools of creation, and so if you can get all of that in a cheaper phone, now you've got kids who are like, "I'm going to shoot a 4K video," and like, now we have vloggers. So I guess that was a mistake. <laughs> <But>, oh. <laughs> no. There's like 10 vloggers. In here. No, it's like we have Instagram influencers. Can we agree that that is a mistake? Um, no. Guess not. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but that's like. All of that, um, jokes aside, all of that is super exciting, right? Like, they have created an entirely new class of creators that have, in turn, created an entirely new world of, like, business and commerce and culture. That's, like, Apple's move. Like, I think if they continue to live there, the business stuff will actually sort itself out. But the question of... Should they just have a four product matrix? I think it's like long gone. Like They're too big for that. When they were doing that project, they were 90 days away from bankruptcy, and like 10 people bought Max, and I was three of them.
1: I also and think like, that the, the question of will the, the iPhone become the best-selling phone on the planet is kind of irrelevant. I don't think Apple even cares. They, they want to make the tools for creators, and they want to make a ton of money, and they don't have to you know, beat Android to do that.
0: Yeah, Over here. We can probably do two, three. Yeah, minutes. we're running out of time.
1: Hello. Yeah, I think uh, they'll make an iPhone SE as the iPhone 10, and also
4: did seven eight nine. Ooh. Mm. Security.
0: <laughs>
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: That was a rough cast.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think <laughs> there's going to be anything. no. They might make another one, but it's it's going to be one of those things where like every few years, like oh yeah, we forgot, we got to make a small one again, and then they'll slightly update it.
0: Yeah, I, I think they were surprised at how many people bought the SE, and so they're going to keep they update it one more time, like. Even they are like, yeah, we make it. People like that size, but the whole goal of the 10 is to make it smaller, so they can probably make a bigger screen in a smaller size, and they might
4: just. Uh, So when you were seeing the uh, iPhone iPhone 10, not iPhone X, uh, had to correct myself there. Uh, The iPhone 10 yesterday. Did you see anybody? Did you see touch rather Face ID fail Uh, in particular? I'm concerned because I wear glasses all the time. And I have Snapchat filters just straight up not work on me. And also, I'm of East Asian descent. And I often have cameras tell me, did you blink? Uh, (laughs) So is this like, did you see this at all? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I failed for Dieter a couple of times, right? You were saying?
1: Yeah. Um, I was wearing glasses. Uh, but it, it was also like, I didn't know what I was doing, and people I was getting jostled and whatever. Um, you, you were holding yeah. it we're wrong? We're going to have to review the holding phone. holding it wrong, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to yeah. review the phone. We don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, but like, literally, uh, Federici's first demo failed. Yep. So like, you know like we're going ha- to all learn how to use it in the same way that we all learned how to use Touch ID. And we'll review it, and we'll find out. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more.
4: All right. So back to the monopoly stuff, why do you think that tech's getting so much more attention than like Lockheed or like the ag tech companies, like the pharmaceutical companies that are much bigger and much more pervasive, just more behind the scenes?
0: That's a really good question. I've seen a lot of people talk about it recently. Um, I think part of it's related to what Casey was talking about. Those companies still employ a lot of people and they also price their products, right? So like the classic antitrust model, which is like Chicago school, and I went to the University of Chicago, so like it's really great, and we should stick with it. Yeah, but they screwed um,
1: up our, our concept of monopoly. and
0: yeah. No, but it's a America. great school, and you should all go there. Um, um, so the, the classic model is about price, right? So the, the way that you measure the effects of monopoly is like if consumer prices go up, because now you know there's not pricing pressure in the market. No, it's, okay.
4: it's like EpiPen? the
0: argument is about that, right? So you can measure Lockheed's price. You can do all this stuff with their prices. All of these other companies give their stuff away for free, generally. Or they provide an inordinate amount of value for a small amount of money. So like Prime, there's no competitor to Prime to measure its price against. I think what is happening is for, at least in my opinion, the longest time, the government, regulators, lawyers, they were not aware of how tech companies worked. But what happened was a lot of nerds went to college and became lawyers. So they're like really aware of how these companies work and they're looking at it and they're saying, this model that I was trained in, we can never ever make it apply to Google. Like We just can't. So we need some other model that explains Google's market power. And that is actually like, uh, to me, the, that's the engine that's turning all of the interest and the interest is turning into we should do something. No one knows what to do, but I think the amount of attention that you're seeing is a lot of very smart people who are intimately familiar with tech products as familiar as anybody in this room are saying, hey, wait a minute! Right now, our model does not allow the government to say anything about what they're doing, and that is probably not the right place to go. And also, Google as a search company does not have a competitor for even, for us to even think about. And if we're in the absence of a competitor, the government should probably think about that in some way. Now, do I think they should regulate Google? Like, no, right? Like, probably not. Like, Google makes a lot of products. They I, Google feels like it has a lot of competitors. Um, and they give their shit away for free. So like, I was trained in that school. I don't think that that's the first place we should go. I think the first place we should go is coming on Comcast. But that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time. Yeah. 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 All right. Are we done? So now we have to do the wrap-up. Yeah. Dieter, you, you, you were like trying to say something, and I kept interrupting you.
1: I, I, w- I was just going to say that the Chicago School's uh, interpretation of how monopolies work based on price is fundamentally flawed, and we should go back to a like, Rooseveltian version. That, uh,
2: I think monopolies are a myth, but it's a <laughs>
0: great word. <organ. laughs> anyway. Right, well, the old trust buster Dieter Bone is here, everybody. Um, <laughs> so watch out, Carnegie. We're coming for you. Should we wrap up the show?
1: What? Yeah, so, I think you, it's... Do you, you want to threaten <laughs> Andrew
0: Carnegie some more? Oh. No, <laughs> I hate you, John Rockefeller. <laughs> By the way, John Rockefeller founded the University of Chicago. You can understand why his school was opposed to monopoly regulation.
1: Our whole hey. plan to end on an up note just
0: Spade. totally destroyed. I feel like I learned. Who doesn't love a good John Rockefeller <laughs> story? Oh, I,
2: can, can anybody just raise a hand so you didn't know that there was this whole, like, <laughs> kerfuffle about, like, let's sue all the tech companies? Like, that's a kerfuffle. That's a thing. It's a thing. I wasn't aware. I'm sorry. Furfuffle. Yeah. I'm pretty Real right. talk
0: and fox situation. Yeah, I guess so. um, yeah. I want to ask this question. Here's how we're going to end on an up note. Make some noise you're going to buy an iPhone 10. Yeah. <laughs> Make some noise you're going to buy an iPhone 8.
4: Okay. Thank you. 8 Plus. Thank you. Dead silent for 8 Plus. Wow. I'm so right about this. <laughs> um,
0: I think that's like the real noise. Case anyway, Casey called it. Casey called, case called it. Well, at least yeah. for these nerds. Anyway, here's what I'll say. I love all of you so much for coming. It is absolutely wild to us. This conversation, I think, for all of us was, like, when I was growing up, there was no one to have this conversation with in Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, And now, like, I get to do it with people that I love very much, and all of you came to see us, and that just, like, makes my heart explode with joy. So thank you so much for coming. Um, I have to plug some other podcasts. Uh, There's only one Verge podcast at this moment. Uh, This one, the best one. No other podcast exists in the world. Um, but Casey is going to start a show soon. He keeps promising me. Stay tuned. A lot of exciting things coming later this year. You know, usually on the show, like, Dieter or Paul will tell me an idea they have, and I'm like, you have to write that story now. Now you've told the people you're starting a podcast. So we're, we're, we're raising the bar for the live show. That's what I like. So Casey's going to do one. Um, our two great reporters, Ashley Carman and Caitlin Tiffany, have a new show that's coming soon. I can't give you a date yet, called Why'd You Push That Button, which I'm really excited about, so look around for that. Lauren... Who is on stage with us has an amazing show called "Too Embarrassed to Ask," which all of you should listen to. Lauren, who's your guest this week? Yeah, Dan. Who's everyone loves him? Dan. <laughs> uh, so Dan was also at the Apple event, so they're going to be presumably talking about Apple. So you should listen to Lauren's show, which is wonderful. She does it with Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher herself does a Recode Decode, uh, and Peter Kafka does a Recode Media. Which, if you are a media nerd, which I suspect many of you are, you should absolutely listen to. Oh,
1: Ezra Klein uh, has the Ezra Klein Interview Show. He interviewed Hillary Clinton. Who's but he? Just a guy.
0: No, it's fine. All right. there's, also, there's all kinds of other great Vox podcasts, including... Uh, some dude to Ezra. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually friends. The fact that I'm starting a feud with Ezra on this show... I was fully supportive. <laughs> I guarantee you beats. he does not know about and does not care about. <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite thing right now. Also, we're friends, so, like, whatever. But death to Ezra. Um... <laughs> you know what you are? Yeah. Better, Better than Ezra. Oh, God. <laughs> That's our show. Thank you all so much for coming.
4: Rock and roll. Pull. Pull.